This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Previously on Homestale Radio. There's no out to news in brief. Something's gone wrong. News in brief. Well done, thanks for that. Free, free, uh, free. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Nobody noticed. Do you think his age goes against him a little bit? I mean, he's 28 now. Um, Nick Gusset. <laughs> yeah, I think that's <laughs> the weird. Definitely, he's definitely not 28. That's definitely having an effect, his age today, I can tell you. <laughs> My point I was going to make on Punching, if, if no one else is going to uh, say anything else, is what are his England <laughs> chances? As long as he stops having those sort of first 15 minutes, because he's got still yeah. consistency. Yeah. And stops having off-field antics. That won't go in your favour. We'll get an England call-up. Yeah, no, another good point there as well. He doesn't seem to stop see. Stephen Gerrard, Wayne Rooney, Rio <laughs> Ferdinand, Ashley Carl. <laughs> For all our contact information and to send us an email, visit H. O L radio.net forward slash contact. Hello, welcome to Homestay. That's a really good start, isn't it? It's a good job <laughs> this is a podcast. Um, I'm not even, not even going to attempt to claim that we're going to edit that out. Um, hello, welcome to Homestay Radio. That worked better. Um, this is a little holding podcast, if you like, really. Um, you'll be hopefully aware that what we've done this week to help raise funds for ourselves and for um, also for Eagle Heights, is to um, is to is to release a five-hour special podcast. Mm, yeah, um, what you can do to get that it costs a pound, so it's a, it's a premium podcast. But you know, we're um, all the reasons for that are explained sort of uh, on the message boards and what have you. So head to holradio.net forward slash premium um, to purchase that. But in the meantime, we don't want to leave those of you who are. You know, not keen to do that. You're still going to get your free content, and we're going to review the Southampton defeat and just have a general chat as well. Uh, with me to do that are a reduced team of Alex Penge, hello, hello, and Tony Piers. Hello, Tony. Evening. Evening. So, yep, yeah, and uh, yeah, that, without further ado, at some point this intro is going to end, and I'm just going to stop talking. The Eagles Element. News, views and reviews on Crystal Palace. www.theeagleselement.com
Hello, right, I hadn't really planned how that intro was going to end, so I think it did really well there. Um, so going back to Tuesday night, obviously no game this weekend because uh, it was FA Cup time, and um, yeah, still kind of raw for losing against Liverpool there, but um, we did play, we played Southampton uh, last Tuesday, and that was, uh, well obviously it's a, it's a repeat fixture of our cup, cup win up there, and um, obviously very confidence was pretty high considering how well we played there. But I think um, when you look at the team and you look at the players missing, I think that's probably the reason. Uh, one of the reasons we um, didn't perform anywhere near to that standard. We had no Mila Yednak, obviously now in a four-game suspension for the elbow incident during the West Ham game. Um, we had no Fraser Campbell. He's injured with a hamstring injury. Sonogo's not quite fit yet. Neither's Maran Schmack. And, of course, Glenn Murray was suspended for the one game after his sending off against West Ham. So we were left with very few options. And, you know, started with, with Dwight Gale up the top. And um, I think that's probably where I want to start, guys. Uh, Dwight Gale was... We, we talked about it before, about him leading the line. And, and you know, some games he, he kind of looks like he's going to be effective when people are up with him. But this was one of those games where um, it was a bit of a mistake, wasn't it, Alex? Um, having having Gale leading the line. Yeah, I think so. But to be honest, he was only our, our only option. I, I couldn't see... Someone like Amiobi coming in, who's not really had much match practice, you know, with with especially against someone like Southampton, who you know likes to keep the ball, um, you know, probably the best team in the division at keeping the ball. Um, it's very difficult for someone like Gale, you know, to to get much service when we are deprived of the ball. So, you know, it, it was a tough one. Um, I don't know. The other alternatives would have been, you know, starting Amiobi or maybe even going ahead with someone like Blassi, which. Um, you know, obviously he'd, he'd led the line for uh, Congo in yeah. uh, the African Nations Cup, but you know, whenever he he was pushed up top um, under wall, not you know, not many people were were happy with that. So you know, I, I guess it's, we were just left with just having to have Gale up top on his own. Yeah, it's interesting that they they sort of tried to do it during the game. As I mentioned, they tried to get um, Yannick and Gale to swap because obviously Gale has been playing on that yeah. left hand side and he did move Yannick central, but it had no real effect. And, it, and in a, in effect, it. it, it Isolated Yannick, and, and that was a bad idea because mm. you know because of the form he's been in. Uh, Tony, I mean, I don't. I suppose you're probably in the same camp in that, even with the benefit of hindsight, you can't really see what option Alan Pardew had there. Would would you have gone with Amiobi with the benefit of hindsight? No, no. I think I think Amiobi is 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 there as backup, isn't he? At the end of the day, he's not meant to be there to start. And um, I've got to be honest, the, the when I when I saw him come on at West Ham. Um, he just seems very cumbersome, and I, don't, I think he would have added anything to the um, the team. To be totally honest, well, yeah, I, I have to say, I, I am on the flip side of that. I would like to have seen him introduced into the game earlier. Having said that, it, uh, almost like we had we had a very poor first half. We weren't actually too bad at all in the second half. If anything, we were we were slightly better than Southampton were in the second half because they didn't really look comfortable uh, at all. They missed an awful lot of chances throughout the game. But um, you know, using hindsight, I, I would have said. I would have said starting with Amiobi and, and then bringing Gale on for the second half would have actually have worked out better. But there's no way you could no way of knowing that really is there. Um, but I, yeah, this whole this whole thing of, of Gale and Yannick swapping, I could see the logic behind it, and I could see you, you know Yannick's a, he's a you know he's got a physical presence and like you say, Alex for, for Congo he's, he has played up front and he's looked a bit of a threat. Um, yeah, and certainly. Like when you're playing against a team like Southampton, you might you sometimes don't even need a striker because you're hardly ever going to get the ball in the box against a team like that. So you know you you need you know runners in your team, and you know with Blassi, Zaha, and Punching, we've probably got the best you know runners probably um, around us. You know the, the bottom half of the table. So you know I think um, it wouldn't have been a it wouldn't have been a massive risk. 
um, especially with you know how well Southampton have done this season. But you know, I guess it's it's too. We're not at that stage where we're we're safe um, to be making you know risks like that. Mm. No, it's, it's a very fair point, and I think looking at the bench and looking at the fact that our, our attacking option, other than Amiobi, was essentially Jake Gray, who's had you know about yeah. about twenty minutes of first team action. Um, sorry, Tony, you got a point to make? Yeah, I mean, you were saying about Balassi up front. We know it doesn't work. We've seen it. I know he does it for uh, Congo, but he doesn't play lone striker up front on his own. He's he's supporting, you know, with two, you know, sometimes three of them. It's he, he's he's not the sort of person like a Murray or a Shamak that's gonna. He can hold the ball up, but then from there, there's there's nothing else. Whereas the other guys hold the ball up to bring the midfield into the game. He doesn't bring the midfield in. He can hold the ball up, which would arguably be good defensively, but. Going forwards, it doesn't add anything there. His best, as we know, his, his best position is is uh, on the wings. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and obviously, we we've got we've got a lot of absentees up front, as I, as I said at the start. And you know, perhaps this is where we, we were just trying to get that one extra striker, weren't we? Perhaps this is where that shows that yeah. in, in not doing that, um, you know, we, we you know, in in fairly extreme circumstances, unlucky circumstances with injuries and suspensions all coinciding. We, we you know we did struggle um, and. That's the frustrating thing, I think. That's why people were a little bit um, annoyed. We know Southampton are a good side, but they're in a they're you know in a real rut at the moment. And mm. you know, in a way, we we kind of gave it to them to to get out of it. It's very positive seeing seeing Pardew dip to the academy to get Boateng and Gray on the bench. Okay, probably wouldn't have done it if uh, if a few more people were available. But it's still nice to see, and still and and rightly keeping uh, Martin Kelly in for, for Soiree. What do you think? Do you think he did well uh, against Southampton as well? He was under an awful lot of pressure, wasn't he, Alex? Yeah, I think he, he did. To be honest, I think against someone like Southampton, you need a player that's probably better defensively um, at fullback. And I think at, the, at this moment in time, Kelly is better defensively than Suarez. Um, but then, obviously, on the break, you'd think Suarez is more of a threat than Kelly. Um, it'd be it would have been quite harsh to you know drop Kelly after you know how well he's been, you know how well he's fitted in since Suarez got dropped after the Arsenal game. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, it's, it was difficult. Like, you, we, you know, after winning, you know, emphatically away from home at West Ham, it would have been difficult for him to change, you know, the team dramatically. And, and so, you know, I was expecting, I wasn't expecting many changes, to be honest. No, that's a fair point. And um, would you expect, uh, Tony, would you expect Suarez maybe to come back in against someone like QPR, a bit of a, see a weaker team and a, and a real chance for three points at home? Would you would you see us doing that or do you think Kelly's perhaps why he's placed back for good? Um, I don't think he'll start with Suarez, certainly. I think at the moment, as as we mentioned before, he wants to bed Suarez in and you know, the games like QPR is, is arguably a very important game because if we win, we distance ourselves more from the, the bottom pack and th- that's what we want to do. And Kelly's, as Alex mentioned, gives us something more defensively. So I think the, the matches we played previously um, against Arsenal and... Uh, West Ham. West, he didn't play against West Ham. What was the oh, game? No, he no, you started Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool in the cup. Liverpool. Wasn't it? Was oh, you're talking about Suarez. Sorry, Suarez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think with Suarez, um, Arsenal was you know almost a gimme game. If we got something out of the game, very unexpected, but you know we weren't expected to get anything. So stick him in there, see how he does against a, you know the the top of the top, and then and the same with Liverpool. It was a cup game, although yes, we wanted to win it, but again, we weren't expected necessarily against the Liverpool side to to win that. So he's he's trying to bed him in, and I think games like West Ham. Arguably Southampton and, and potentially QPR as well are important games that we, we feel we can get points. And I think until he feels comfortable with Suarez, I mean, you heard the comments that Pardew made at the end of um, the Arsenal match 
where um no it was liverpool wasn't it where he just sort of said oh he's bit dodgy isn't he essentially he was hinting well yeah i mean that's that's paraphrasing a touch i think what he basically said was um that that he's not used to the way the english game goes backwards and forwards so quickly that you know obviously in in league one in france um quite often after you've attacked and, and a fullback's got forward he's got he's got a lot more time to get back into position and i think is essentially saying it's a bit a bit of a culture shock there but you know it's a it's a, it's a point well made um going back to the, going into the game it's, itself really it was a Pretty poor start from Palace. Very much, um, very ponderous. No, passes weren't really finding their places, and you know, in recent times, Punchin's been been sort of sitting in the centre there and dictating play, and he found it very, very hard to get on the ball and to make a real difference in there. And I, I think Wanyama and um, Schneidlin made a real difference, and, and I, I say that because they, neither of those two were available for the cup game, and we were able to sort of walk through the midfield at Southampton. Um, you know, but we we did not have that. We, we they were sort of they were a wall there, and it's strange because they get forward as well. They're very much two box to box players, but um, but they also act as playmakers and they also act as a defensive wall. They're they're incredibly important to the way Southampton play. I think that's a fair comment, uh, Alex. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, I think um, someone like you know Punchin really needs space to to run into. He needs um you know time on the ball and when you've got a team like Southampton who really keep possession really well, it's very difficult for him to get that. And so, you know, it, it didn't really suit his game. I think if if we had all of our central midfielders fit, I would have um I would I wouldn't have been surprised if if we'd have seen Punchin on the wing and you know him uh, Pardew bringing in maybe Yednak in the middle um, mm. because I think it suits it suits you know the Southampton style of play you know it would definitely you know, it sort of especially with uh, sitting back and you know trying to contain them um, I think Yednak would have been a really good option and I think we really did miss him. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and it's a shame it's for so many games now. For, yeah. for what was a very, very you know, a stupid incident. Tony, do you think um, in, in games like this, do you think this is where this new position for punching in the centre is? It, it, you know, there's so many positives about it. It's got him playing so so well and making you know having such an influence. But do you think games like this where we haven't got the ball, you know, pretty much as Alex was suggesting, it's it's a bit of a um, bit of a hindrance to us. Uh, I don't necessarily agree. I think when you look at the two matches that Punchin's been running the show, he's actually played slightly deeper uh, alongside the um, the midfielder. So that's what gives him the space to get on the ball. Whereas against uh, Southampton, he was playing the number 10 role. So he was playing slightly more up front. And therefore, as you mentioned, with the two centre-backs they've got, they weren't giving any space to him. So I think if you play him slightly further back, like he did certainly, uh, I believe, against Arsenal, he was playing pretty much as a central midfielder as opposed to... Uh, and some getting forwards as opposed to an attacker, and he can dict he can dictate play better. Yeah, I think I think that's that's right. But obviously, that that intent that that you know assumes that we'll have the ball. I think in situate what I'm getting at is when we haven't got the ball, he's um although he's quite happy to put a challenge in and close down space where he where he can. It's not his forte. Would you would you think that's fair? Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I've seen some dodgy tackles from him where he's just completely missed or, or got out of the way of them almost in some instances. But I think the key with punching is he needs to play slightly further back because I know you say that obviously a team like Southampton dictate play. You look at against Arsenal, they're a team that dictate play and we've yeah. dictated it to them. Yeah. And he needs If you put him slightly further back, he can control the game and then we'll have more of the ball. I think yeah, but it, it, yeah, I agree with that. That's a good point. But uh, I think we were very much more at the races against uh, Arsenal than we were against Southampton. I think you know that's where you need your teammates around you to be to be at their best to give him the best chance of um, of getting involved. Uh, obviously, it wasn't all Southampton in the um, in the first half. We did have a, a, a bit of a, it was a bit of a scramble. A couple of shots came in, and it, it culminated with um, with Wilfred Zaha hitting pretty well as 
the inside of the post. You know, it's one of those where you look at it and you can't quite understand how it's sort of rebounded and gone out rather than gone into the net. Um, but it was a good little spell for us, and oh, it's just so close, wasn't it, Tony? Yeah, massively close. It was. Um, it was one of those moments where you just go, ooh, like every couple of seconds, just <laughs> shot after shot after shot. And I think I can't remember if it happened just after or just before, but I think there was a shot that came in first that the goalkeeper parried out to Zaha, and then Zaha went in, hit the post, um, and then another cross came in, and I think it was pretend. I think it might be punching, then running in, just missed it, um, trying to tap it in. So. Yeah, it was um, it was it was definitely our best chance, and and yeah. when that happened, it, it turned the game a little bit in our favour. Yeah, and and I think what's interesting there is we um we absorbed all this pressure, defended pretty well, although as I said before, Southampton were pretty wasteful at times as well. And obviously, in the, and also in the first half. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. There was um there was a chance that, that Spironi sort of had to smother a smother a shot and it went straight at the feet of Pella. A bit of a warning sign for what happened later on in the game. What did you make of that, Alex? Did you think you could have done better with that one? Uh, what in the first in the first half? Um, yeah. yeah, I think so. I think if if you can get if you can get enough of a hand on a, on a, on a ball, I think you should be you know trying to put it out into touch. And I actually think that the first mistake was a little bit was worse than the second mistake, which obviously ultimately led to the goal. Um, you know, we've noticed it quite a lot this season um, with Jules. Um, you know, I, I think that was sort of a trait that you know make make you know made us really adore Jules when we were in, in the championship. How you know whenever he got the ball on something, whenever he parried a ball, it was always away from the danger area. Now, now obviously being 36, 37 years old, he hasn't got you know the the same reflexes that he probably had you know you know in his glory years, you know winning player of the years. Um, for us, but you know he really should be doing better, and really I should be getting the ball out, out out of you know the danger area. Yeah, I'm gonna have to uh, slightly quit. I think he's 35. 35. Sorry, I'm not doing justice there, am I? No, because he's so close to my age. I feel the need to correct and make sure people <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't don't add add years. Um, sorry, Tony. Yeah, I echo the same points that Alex has made there. I think I've said it certainly on previous podcasts before. And, you know, goalkeepers' first two rules are don't get beaten on your near post and don't parry back out into the danger. Parry away or at least towards your own defence. But I think something interesting that Match of the Day mentioned, um, I can't remember which match it was. Um, It might have been the Arsenal match where he parried it again. And they were saying that, you know, our defence also needs to be aware that when shots are coming in, that Jules is potentially due. Um, is prone to parrying the ball out. I need to be there to sweep it up, or get in the way at least, and or block the def- block the attacker potentially. Not 
fouling him, but you know, there's there's ways of doing things. And I think that's the thing. It's just getting very frustrated. I remember certainly at the Arsenal match when he parried the ball. I remember shouting. Um, my friend next to me sort of just was laughing at his head off because I was uh, as soon as as soon as the shot came in, I shouted, "Don't parry it! Don't parry it!" What does he do? Parries it. Goal goes in. Yeah, I think no. I think that's the key. He just keeps parrying the ball straight. To, I don't know whether it's unlucky that he keeps parrying it straight to there. Um, the attacking force or whether you know again the defence need to be aware that this is happening because yeah. we've now conceded five or six goals where a long shot's come in Jules has parried it and it's gone straight to one of their players I think this is a really good good point that you're raising actually Tony I think um, certainly uh, the shots that are coming in I wouldn't ever say that they're easy saves I don't think he's ever parried the ball across when it's an easy save and, and, and cost us that way. I think they've all been relatively close to him and I think they've, been, they've all been hit pretty firm. Uh, and, you know, against, against Liverpool as well, I guess, with, um, I think it was... Um, Balotelli. Balotelli, yeah. And it, it, it's, you know, I think they've all been hit, hit pretty firmly. But I do think the point about the defence um, stepping up is, is a really good one. And it's, it's been pretty much alluded to by... Well, Scott Dan's been in the press talking about it. I think suggesting that the defence needed to react better, and it's not all about Jules and you win and lose as a team. And I think that's that's a that's a good attitude to have, and it is, it is the right attitude. Alex, yeah, I I, I, like, I totally agree. Like, if you look at our back four, if you look at Dan Delaney, Hangeland, um, Kelly, you know, they're all not the most mobile, not the most quickest. So, you know, when these rebounds do enter in the six yard box and then in, and in the independent area. You know, we we do look a bit weak at times, but you know, we with that, you know, with obviously they're not mobile, but they've got you know great height and great strength, and that really does help us. You know, especially at set pieces, which you know we we've, we've prospered from this season. So, you know, it's it's a double edged sword, really. You know, one you can have, you can't you can you're either gonna have one or the other, unless you're bloody Real Madrid, Barcelona, or something <laughs> like that, where you've got like absolute superstars at the back, which we obviously haven't got. So, you no, know, it's just one of those things. It's just we're Crystal Palace. You know, we're not yeah. we're not we're not superstars, and we just got literally just deal with it. Mm. So I mean, yeah. Again, obviously, we, we've basically gone on to talking about the Mane goal in, in effect. But just, I mean, the second half, we we were the d- sort of slightly more dominant side in possession. We, we did struggle to create anything real as a chance, I think. And uh, there was a slight penalty shout for a, for a shove on Balassi that that Pardew was adamant was a was a penalty. I, seeing it at the time, I, I didn't think it was. Um, I sort of watching replays of it. I, I've seen him given, I guess. Uh, but it's not one that I'm livid about not being given. So, then obviously, uh, you know, pushing, pushing to get a goal, but keeping it pretty solid. And we, and we just have that little moment. Ward Prowse has come off the bench, got through and, and drilled in a shot. Sperone's not held it, and Mane's had to, had a tap in really. Uh, but what kind of got glossed over, I think, by by a lot of people analysing that was um, was Mane's offside. If 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 Kelly steps up, Kelly was um, sort of out out on the wing but it was very, very wide as well. Um, and he, he was sort of 10 yards behind uh, the, the nearest Southampton player anyway, so he could easily have pushed up. And like I say, that, that's, that's another point. He doesn't, you don't have to get a last-ditch goal-saving challenge, and sometimes it's just keeping the line steady and watching what your teammates are doing. And for me, Kelly's as, as, much, a fault, as much a fault there as, as Spironi. Uh, Tony, you did want to make a point, I think, again? Yeah, it's pretty much echoing what you said. I think, you know, we... we... I want Scott Dan. I mean, if he he's been a captain before, he needs to really control that line. He needs to dictate and say and be loud and say, "This is the line. This is where we need to be. Push up or push back, and make sure the defence are organised from that point of view." Yeah. Because I think if you do push, I mean, 
one thing I don't know if you guys agree with this. I've noticed we, we talk about Hangerland and the fact that he defends quite deep because he stands off. And mm. I've noticed that these parried shots um, sometimes we get away with because he defends deeper. The shot comes in, parries, he manages to smother it away. But with Delaney and Dan, because we are trying to play a higher line with the defence to try and catch people offside and, and play our game so we're not so deep, what it means is that if you do have one person playing a player on side, then, yeah, the shot comes in and they're following up to, to get the rebound in. Yeah, so. it's, it's a yeah. good point, Tony. I've had a lot, a lot of looks at the, the back line and how they operate in the last sort of few weeks, really. And I did notice a, a marked difference when Jednak's in the team because he actually steps in between the centre-backs and, yeah. and you know in, situ, in a lot of situations, and he's the one doing the line. And then when, when he's not there, Delaney does it. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think, that's sorry, 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 Chris. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, if, if you look at it, when Jednak does slip in there, it's like almost like a free at the back, isn't it? it I don't want to, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to make Jail's head any more, any more bigger, but <laughs> it is like it, it is like we do play free at the back, especially with our wing backs yeah. pushing up forward. So. Um, but I think, but the, uh, the, the yeah, but leading on from that, I think when you we were you know, effectively they broke on us, didn't they? And um, yeah. you could argue in the in the build up to the actual strike coming in from Walkout, so they were quite fortunate that the ball ran for them in the way. That it did, but basically on a break you don't really have the, the luxury of, of shouting where the line is and all that sort of stuff. You're just running back sometimes and just trying to cover cover angles and cover players. It's just Kelly ran back further than he needed to, uh, but he wasn't to know 100% that that situation would arise. But you know, if he's just a bit more switched on, he'd probably stay tighter to the player and be looking along the line because he had that option as well. But there you go. They, you know, it, it's fine margin sometimes and. And Southampton are a very, very good side, and I think losing one nil away at Southampton in the league is not that bad a result, really. It's just we're actually a better team, um, you know, perhaps than them. <laughs> I think we're a good enough team to to not have lost that game, but but it's not terrible. But anyway, um, Alex, uh, while, while we're talking about it, you've asked the question there in chat: is, Do we need a replacement for Jules in the summer? Looking around the message boards, um, there's certainly a lot of people who are saying we do. I think once again, it's 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 almost like the whole dog with the bone thing. As soon as this something comes up where you, you've got a little bit of evidence there to say, oh, maybe Jules is on the decline, people just grab it and run with it. So it gets a little bit hysterical. I don't. I, I think we've obviously got Wayne Hennessy in there waiting for his chance. Uh, he's had some fantastic games at international level for Wales. Um, who knows whether he's he's good enough um, or better than Jules in in current, the current situation? The only way you'll know is if you give him a go. But I think Jules is going to be here for another year. I think he's already triggered that clause in his contract. Um, but we, uh, you know, you've got you have got to think that when someone's reaching the age that Julian Speroni's reaching, that you do have to you know think about replacing these people. Tony. I think the dilemma we've got with the two goalkeepers is, as you said, Hennessy, we don't know what he's going to be like week in, week out. He certainly, for me, commands his area much better than Jules does. He's he's not always, his distribution's a lot better, not just by, by the fact that he rolls the ball out, like, unfortunately, Gels mentioned. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he rolls That's the two ball mentions out. for Gel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and the fact that his, his kicking, he can get it a lot further than Jules can. But I think the one thing Jules adds is that for the, for the couple of mistakes that he does make, he does pull out world saves. And, you know, he, he, I think in that match as well, he made a really good save. And that's the odd thing, because where he costs us a goal, he also saves us a goal. So you sort of get this balance, if you like, in that. And that's what a lot of people forget. They remember the mistakes, which unfortunately, as you know, as a goalkeeper, you make a mistake, it's in the back of the net. But at the same time, he makes these unbelievable worldly saves that stops yeah. a goal from going in. So, 
you, it balances, in my opinion, from that point of view. But I do think in the summer we're going to have to look at um, bringing Hennessy in and, and dropping dropping Jules for a bit because, you know, sometimes it makes people better. Look at Joe Hart. Um, well, I, look, I suppose at the end of the day, you, there is no, you've got to respect the manager's got to do that job and, and put sentiment aside. If, if you allow sentiment into it, then obviously Jules never retires and he's our keeper for the next 150 years. But, <laughs> uh, but, but you know, obviously, in reality, Hardy and the coaching staff will be looking at that. Will be looking at the fact that, you know, yes, a couple of errors have crept into his game. Would you know? Are there, is he any different to any other keeper in the league with that? You know, is it def? Is it a decline? Is it age? Or is it just a natural thing that happens with form and, and sometimes bad luck? I think that's that's the judgment to be made. And you know, Jules will know. He, well, he already did. He apologised in the dressing room and said he, you know, he should have stopped it, but. Uh, it doesn't matter. I, I think at the end of the day, we, we've just got to let the let the manager make that decision. I, I think, you know, I, I I don't want to call it now. I think, um, but I think, you know, next couple of years we'll certainly be trying to get another number one in, in my view, because I'm not sure that Hennessy is viewed as the the long term solution. Because otherwise, I think he might well have got more of a chance than he has done so far. Um, Chris, you've become Mr. White. You're saying at the end of the day. Yeah, I noticed that. I was going to try and gloss over it, but you've stopped me and drawn attention to it. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to end that's on Alan Pardew's comments. Uh, sorry, what? That's that. That's what we're here for to pick up on your mistakes. All right, I don't know if that's me, my connection, or your connection, but that sounded weird. Never mind, eh? <laughs> um, right. So Alan Pardew's comments at the end in the second half. We were the better team and should have taken the league. I think we should have had a penalty as well. I think Martin Atkinson should have given a penalty. Jose Fonte was going through the back of people all night. Uh, it's so disappointing we've let in such a soft goal. Uh, but Julius Brody's big enough to put his hands up in the dressing room. But we should have stopped it before we got anywhere near there. So in summary, Alan Pardew agrees with everything that we've said. Would you think that's fair? <laughs> but um, obviously we go into... Um, we go into a game against QPR at the weekend, and we've got Glenn Murray back. Um, uh, Mila Yednak, obviously not, but um, I, I suppose there's a chance that Maran Shamak and Sonogo might be available. Um, so, given the chance, I think actually, I think that is right. I think Sonogo will be available, and obviously Murray is. So, given the cho- choice between the two gentlemen, uh, I start with you, Alex. Who do you pick over those two? Over uh, Sonogo and Shamak. Uh, sorry, Sonogo and Murray. Um, I'll give that to go for Murray. You, you, can't, you can't not you can't not stop Murray after you know his perfor- recent performances, and probably against a, a team like QPR with a quite a slow backline, it really does play in the strengths of um, of Murray's game. You know, obviously he's not got a lot of pace, but you know, he's he's able to get in the right positions at the right time, and I'd go for Murray. Yeah, no point really asking you, is there, Tony? Given your <laughs> uh, your love for Glenn Murray, is, you, you can ask the resemblance. His resemblance to me. Glenn Murray. <laughs> and his resemblance to Glenn Murray, yeah. So, 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 Tony, Glenn Murray, is it? I, I think I'd play myself up front looking like Glenn Murray. I mean, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm going to have to disagree. I'm going I'm to go with, um, with, with Glenn Murray. <laughs> Fair enough. <mate. laughs> um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see if that, if that happens and whether, say, for me, the, the debate over the next game against QPR is whether Soiree comes back in because obviously he's got to play games to get used to the environment. Uh, but it's, it's a huge game. It's almost if we win that game, we're safe. I mean, we, you know, we're doing well as it is. And the weird thing about the league at the moment is that, that other teams aren't really picking up any results, even when we do lose. So uh, we're looking very comfortable at the moment. But you can never be completely comfortable. So you know, QPR on the fourteenth is, is huge. 
this could be a very interesting game because I think if we play, I mean, obviously we haven't got Jedinak, but if we play uh, with Ledley in for Jedinak and play the same team and formation we could do against West Ham, I think we'll absolutely destroy QPR. Okay, well, there you go. Famous here first. All right, well, that's your lot. I know it's a short podcast, and um, I'm sorry about that, but if you want five hours of podcast, then all you need to do is head to holradio.net forward slash premium. Uh, obviously, no obligation to do it. We've managed to make sure all the content is um, it's not sort of dependent on time, so uh, you can sort of don- download it at your convenience. I know it's not always convenient to spend a quid, even a quid, uh, so if you need to wait a couple of weeks, it will still be relevant stuff. And there's a lot of there's a lot in there. There's a lot of humour. We've we've you know talked to a lot of the presenting team to find out a little bit about you know just about how they think. Really, <laughs> some very strange questions, wasn't there, Tony? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, mate. yeah, exactly. But um, there you go. So do do please. Um, it'd be really really appreciated if you do uh, go and purchase that the premium podcast howoradio.net forward slash premium. And of course, twenty percent of the proceedings are going to help Eagle Heights uh, in their fight against um, immediate financial problems and potential future closure of the sanctuary, which is a real shame. And obviously, Kaylee the Eagle being the Palace mascot, uh, it'd be great if Palace fans could do all they can for it. Anyway, we'll be back with a regular show next week at eight pm. Bye now. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.